Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Jigeli, so your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. We have another amazing episode for you this week, sports content galore. What a turnaround in fortunes as well for our national teams. The Proteas finally put up a decent performance and ended their World Cup on a highish note when they beat Australia by 10 runs last Saturday. And Bafana Bafana stunned Egypt 1-0 to knock the host nation out of the Africa Cup of Nations thanks to a Tembingosi launch goal. South Africa move into the quarterfinals where they face Nigeria, while the hosts will watch the rest of the tournament from their lounge sofas. But before we delve deep into the latter of those two stunning events, let's check in with other major sports talking points. The USA women's national team won back-to-back FIFA Women's World Cup titles when they beat the Netherlands 2-0 thanks to a Megan Rapino penalty and a Rose Lavelle goal in the 69th minute last Sunday. Now Frank Lampard was named as Chelsea coach last Thursday, which is excellent news for me. Everybody knows that I'm a major Chelsea fan and having Lamps back at the bridge is certainly the best news I could have hoped for last week. Now the Springboks are in Pretoria powdering their noses for the shortened rugby championship that begins with their clash against the Wallabies at Ellis Park on July 20th. One of the players who will be hoping to enhance his reputation in the eyes of head coach Rassi Erasmus is Bulls loose head Lizot Koboka. He has been in outstanding form and as one of the most standout front rowers in this past Super Rugby season, for me that is. His scrummaging in tandem with tight head Trevanyakane made the Bulls one of the most competitive teams in the competition. I managed to catch up with not one but two former Springboks to discuss the Springbok front row options ahead of the Rugby World Cup and that is Victor Madfield as well as Etienne Finn. This is what they had to say about the glut of front row options at Rassi Erasmus' disposal. I think Rusty's got most of his combinations uh, close to set in stone already. I think the one area where he'll probably have a think about is the front row, where he, I think he was pretty certain of the guys uh, that were supposed to play there. And then now all of a sudden, I think the Bulls and the Lions front row actually upset uh, Stormers front row. That's almost the starting lineup for the Springboks at the moment. So that's one area. But again, a lot of the time when they get to the right coaches, the right uh, trainers, they change around and they play better. So uh, we know what those guys can do and how well they can play. But um, that will probably be one area where he will have a look at some of the other players really performing well at the moment. Yeah, I wouldn't say Trevor. I will only play him tight head. He's playing so fantastically well there at the moment. And he's so mobile for the tight head crop. So I think the two of them really putting their hands up for uh, to be picked in the World Cup. I think Trevor's experience, uh, you know what you get from him. And like I said, he's another guy that can force turnovers as well at breakdown time. And then Lizo must be close to the final of the season. I think he's just been outstanding scrumming-wise, running with the ball. He's probably the prop with the most meters with ball in hand at the yeah. moment, making it's meters. So, um, yeah. yeah, the two of them are definitely pushing very hard um, for those World Cup spots and then the Skulk Brits we know I think he will probably be part of the squad even if he's third choice but his experience will be uh, of a lot of um, help at the World Cup. 
Now, Etienne Finn made his debut in the Springbok front row against France in 2001, and this was his view on the same topic. What do you make of our front rows? We've seen a resurgence of a guy like Lizo Koboka. We've seen Trevor do well at tight head, even though he's moved from, from, from loose head. Uh, guys like Vincent Koch have come in for consideration. There's still the Kunis, there's still the Tobos Tutoys, Stephen Kitsov, Beast, obviously, who had a, an outstanding uh, season yet again um, in, in Sharks' colors. What do you make of our front row compilation? Oh, there's absolutely unbelievable props. You've, you haven't mentioned a guy like Malherbe and Franz Malherbe, yeah. And yeah. Lowe, who are right up there in terms yeah, of scrummage yeah. and power. Um, it's all about what. Uh, the South African management team want to achieve. Yeah. So they're going to pick a gentleman that they think can fulfill those objectives. So if you want to dominate, you're going to pick X amount of players. If yeah. You, if you you want to move the ball around, you're going to pick a Y type of player. Yeah. So that call has to be made by them. Yeah. Fabulous. Who would you say, who would you start? Who would I start? Next week. Uh, I believe in a, domina a, a totally dominant tight head. Yeah. Um, and you may sacrifice a bit of mobility around that. So... That's my primary uh, yeah. And I mean, a guy like uh, Lizzo is playing unbelievable rugby. Mm. So he'd be right up there. Now with yeah. Beast back, I'd pick him as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Malherba, Wilco, those One guys of those two. Oh, yeah. they, they can scrum, man. Yeah, they can really, really give yes, it a go. And then Kulisi and the boys can play, fun, have fun. Staying with rugby, I was at Craven Week this past weekend and witnessed some of the best schoolboy rugby the tournament has ever seen. Even though the event is steeped in rugby tradition and pro has produced some of our most talented Springboks, lately it has failed to attract sponsors. I managed to get an exclusive chat with SA Rugby President Mark Alexander about a wide range of issues affecting the future of rugby in South Africa. You have to listen to this revealing interview. I'm sitting with the president of uh, SA Rugby, Mr. Mark Alexander. We're here at Craven Week at Gray College in Bloemfontein. Mr. Alexander, in this tough economic climate, to put out and uh, to be able to put out the Craven Week year in, year out, how have you guys as SA Rugby been able to pull this one off? You know, we, we funded it out of our own funds, and I think it's, you know, it's, this, these tournaments are very important for South African rugby. This is the nursery for rugby. Any right. organization yeah. is only as strong as this nursery. So we need to keep this nursery alive. The, uh, Craven Week is the stepping stone for our future Springboks. Yeah. Most of our Springboks have come and walked this route. And you can see what you see on the field. There's so much talent in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, as far as transformation is concerned, you can see the boys are playing there. They're just not making up the numbers. I believe in two or three years' time, we won't even talk about the word transformation. It's happened naturally over time. Yeah, and as we speak, we are uh, witnessing a, an exciting game between Border as well as the Lions, whose two coaches have been appointed as the SA schools and SA academy coaches. And I'm talking about Mziwa Kengosi as well as Piwe Nomlomo. What does that actually mean for? It's not even doesn't even seem like a transformation. Selection. No, these guys are picked purely on their talent. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not transformation appointments. Yeah. They pick because they are good. You know, the guys have come through the systems, and then and even the players, you can see they you know they're coming naturally through. They're not not making up numbers anymore. It's not about quotas and stuff. We don't have quotas. Yeah. We have yeah. rugby players in South African rugby. 
Excellent. And um, there, there's been great rugby on display here uh, at, at, at Grey College. But the one big concern on people's minds is the talent that is hemorrhaging out of South Africa, especially at a very, very young age. You know, the, the difficult thing we find in South African rugby, we cannot compete with the yen, the dollar, and, the, and uh, if we try and do that, we'll actually bankrupt organization. Yeah. So when the one door closes for, for an athlete, it opens the door for so right. many other athletes to come through. And, and we'll try our best to keep them here as long as possible. But, you know, you, you know the, you, we cannot compete against the foreign currencies. Our, our currency is just too weak. Yeah, and uh, the, the Craven Week itself, has it lost nothing over the years in terms of appeal to people? This is the biggest schoolboy rugby tournament in the world. Yeah. You know, it has served this organization for many, many years and will continue doing that. So we're very proud of these competitions. This competition, the Varsity Cup, the Gold Cup, yeah. they, 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 they produce the Springboks of tomorrow. What, what, what makes it youth rugby so appealing, just on that point? Because you've managed to add uh, Elsen Week as well to the Youth Weeks. You've managed to add a Girls Week as well, which I think is uh, very progressive if we're talking about uh, equal opportunity uh, in, in the sport. Um, how have you managed to broaden uh, those horizons within the sport? I think if you talk about the Girls Week, you talk about the atmosphere. Yeah. No, the, the, this is the boys. The, the atmosphere is much better than the girls. Oh, okay. A lot of years, and, and really, it's exci I'm excited where the girls' rugby is going. Yeah. And we have chosen uh, women's rugby as our legacy program for the uh, British and Irish Lions. We want to fast track it. We believe there's a lot of t untapped talent right. out there. Yeah. We are catching up with the rest of the world. We'll get there. Yeah. But the kids, the girls, you can see improving year in and year out. They're improving. So yeah. it'll be a lot of focus in the next couple of years on women's rugby. Again, the sponsorship question is going to come in. What is the plan to sort of reel, reel sponsors back in and, and actually support? I support think, you know, what's happened in South Africa, the market has become too small for sponsorship. Right. We've got too many other challenges, and we have to look abroad, and we are looking abroad. So okay. then in the next couple of year, months, we'll make some new announcements. Okay. And you'll see that there's some other things happening in rugby worldwide. You yeah. know, worldwide in rugby, the stuff talks about the Nations Cup. Yeah. We shall bring new money into the game. Yeah. That talks about commercial right bidders buying commercial rights up of, 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 of national federations and, and maximizing the, 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 the revenues. Yeah. So there are a lot of activities and we will make an announcement in the very near future of where South African rugby is going. And I think our competition will be better funded going forth from next year onwards. Fabulous. Thanks very much, Thank Mark you. Alexander. All the best. Thank you. Tune in to Cargumentative every Monday morning on Times Live Motoring. You can join myself, Thomas Faulkner, and my regular gang of automotive misfits as we discuss motoring news, views, and of course, have a cargument or two. That's Cargumentative only on Times Live Motoring. To advertise on the Sports Live podcast, email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. Now, I can't wait till I say this is the Sports Live podcast brought to you by, this is your name, your entity, your brand, right after the Sports Live podcast. That's Smith S at tsoblackstar.co.za. Smith S, S-M-I-T-H-S at T-I-S-O-B-L-A-C-K. STAR.CO.ZA
And we are back. Like I said at the top of the show, we will be delving deeper into the Bafana Bafana conversation with what we usually have as a special guest at the end of this nice little episode that we put together for you. And this week's guest, I cannot speak highly enough of. He is one of the sports editors that have influenced me as a sports writer, and he is a multi-award winning sports journalist in his own right. He's one of the most respected voices in football. And you can catch him either following Novak Djokovic uh, on Wimbledon screens. Big Novak Djokovic fan. I'm talking about none other than Ninawa Ndloko himself. Welcome to the Sports Live podcast, Dada. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can follow Ninawa Ndloko on at Ndloko M on Twitter. He is the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department head and uh, i do owe a lot to him uh, that but this relationship goes far back as uh, as far back as business day almost 10 years ago now i don't want to reveal both our ages but uh, <laughs> how have you found the africa cup of nations yeah it's been a look remember this is the first time it's a uh, it's 24 teams Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is a maiden tournament. So I mean, the hope was that the change. I mean, the addition, the additional teams that yeah. come into this tournament. The idea was we we see a bit more football, a tournament that's a little bit more open, because you know traditionally with these events you tend to have the same winners. Um, it's always usual suspects. So the. The hope when you when you get more teams um, increasing from 16 to 24. Yeah. Um, so we were all crossing our fingers that we we actually saw um, better football mm, um, mm. in the tournament. Look, it's debatable that in some of these games that you could say we have. But what I like about it has been the element of surprise. Uh, there have been some quite mm. some impressive results here, and 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 I think that it, it just goes to a little bit of the openness. I mean, who who thought Morocco would be out? Um, to Benin, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Look at Madagascar; they've got to be the surprise of the tournament. Um, beat Nigeria, beat DRC, and, and look at them. Um, hell, who thought Bafana would knock out the hosts? <laughs> I thought that would have been the first thing you would have said in terms of shockers. <laughs> I mean, no, I leave that for last. That's the idea. Leave that one for last. But I yeah. mean, this is the nature of this event. I think it's it's just worth the, the price of the ticket, which, by the way, I hear are very expensive in Egypt, <laughs> which is why you're not seeing that many Look, people. I, I think they might drop down at least by 50% now that the hosts are out. And speaking of which, yeah. Bafana Bafana, you, do you think that the what you spoke about opening it up, maybe putting the cat amongst the pigeons, hoping for a Madagascar, hoping for what Bafana did, has actually helped Bafana Bafana in the sense that if this was still group uh, stages, only the top two qualify for the knockout stages, and if this was still um, 16 teams, mm. do you think Bafana Bafana would have had this window? Um, yeah, you see, here's the thing. If, if football, football is... Um a weird spot yeah um I, I think i think for me there's 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 more room for for results like this um I, I remember i remember someone asked me last week and they thought we we had absolutely no chance mm. um in fact the idea was we only had to show up roll over and play dead at the egyptian's feet yeah and then the referee blows <laughs> final whistle and then we go back home like 
the dutiful losers that we were supposed to be. <laughs> but my yeah. my my thing is this: knockout football, anything is possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Bafana was. I, I remember I was saying to these guys. Bafana was so bad in the group stages that they could actually go on and win this thing. Um, <laughs> so, that is the irony. <laughs> you, you know when a team, yeah, yeah. when a team is so bad that yeah. you can't find a redeeming feature. And but then this is what happens because the Egyptians are overconfident. Yeah, um, they've seen this team in the group stages. They have won all of their matches. Nine points in the bag. We scraped in at. I think we finished as the last the team. The last qualifying yeah, team. As the very last possible. team yeah, to, yeah. To, to get in there. So I can understand the overconfidence on their mm. part. Um, they, they, it was unthinkable. Yeah. Bafana um, have not looked good. And it's not just this tournament. Their performances are weird. Um, I think it was, um, um, I think it might have been Baxter or uh, I've forgotten who it was. But he said, Bafana are quite an enigma because they can beat any team in the world right, yeah. on a good day. By the same token, um, <laughs> they can then, lose. Yes, and just when you think that, okay, now I'm hedging my bets on them, they, they look so good that you are impressed. Um, that's that's, that's, that's I, the story of I, our life. I think the qualifiers against the Seychelles are the perfect example. Exactly. You clap them 6-0, mm. a record victory. And this mm-hmm. time, there's no questions about the referee. There you go. And then you go to the Seychelles, players take nice little pic- cute cute pictures in bikinis on the beach, and yeah. then they, they can't get a goal, they can't get a result That's, that's in the Seychelles. That's Just our, less than a week later. That's our final for you. <laughs> um, um, and and uh, look, the the excitement out there um, after after what happened at um, at Cairo Stadium and yeah. the reaction, um, I mean, um, we we were just chatting now with um, with our colleagues on the on the digital platforms, and they are saying on on Sunday morning, which is yesterday morning, yeah yeah, there were so many people just sitting on the match report. I think they're still trying to phantom whether. This really happened. They wanted to see for themselves. I mean, like several hours later, on Sunday morning, yesterday, there were so many people around, not just here, around the world, just reading the match report. I think it's more out of disbelief than anything <laughs> else, just to see if it did it really happen or maybe they they dreamt it up. And that's very rare. Yeah, um, we we have major sporting events, um, and as soon as that peak during the game is over then they move on to the next story but not this one um oh no 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 so this, this one is the gift that yeah. keeps on giving uh before we get into the game mm-hmm. itself we saw the resignations of the egyptian football association president who didn't just resign mm-hmm. right off the bat it was almost like one of those domestic uh su- suicides where mm-hmm. the 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 he just he fired Everyone on the technical staff, mm. and then fires himself on his way out. It's mm. it's probably the most classic case of we don't believe what just happened. Someone has mm. to take the fall, and before we pay for this crime, let's just let's just end it now, mm. and and in 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 disgrace, and just and just walk out. I don't think any sporting entity has has had this many casualties after one single result mm. in any sport. I can't recall. Uh, here's here's a funny thing about um, what, what what just happened there. Um, I spoke to this uh, this journalist um, over there, 
in, in, in Egypt mm. and they they know the Egyptian FA and how they operate. Mm. Mm. They they seem to believe that this is nothing but a PR stunt um, on the part of the Egyptian FA president. Oh, what hell yeah. of a PR stunt. So, mm. Mm. no, apparently they, their thing was is he's taken the easy way out he's done a short left yeah and then let them figure out what to do in the next <laughs> cup and then he's back again because oh. apparently that's what they do yeah because now this is because the the, the, the newspapers i was reading the egyptian newspapers mm. um the english ones uh, <laughs> yeah and and they yeah the team has been dragged they yeah. they're the headlines they they came after salah they came after uh, Trezeguet, they came after the team itself. Hegazi, El All of them. All yeah. of them. Um, and the FA itself. So I, my suspicion is that he, he might have taken the easy way out. You know? uh, and uh. then just to make sure that he's not part of whatever happens there in the aftermath as you try to make sense of uh, what just happened. So it's... Um, it's, 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 it's interesting, but, but it doesn't take anything away from mm. what you just said, that it's quite crazy that they responded this way. They, they've quit. Um, normally, uh, I, 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 I saw some people making a comparison with um, with Safa and saying, "Well, what are the odds that um, you would see the Safa people quitting, and <laughs> and the team quitting elsewhere?" Uh, um, so, so it, it's quite interesting. But I, I, I don't know. We will see what happens because African football, you, you see the same people over and over again. Um, they, they'll appear to be walking away, and then a few months down the line, they are back. Yeah, they are. In the um, corridors, yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, who am I to argue with a man who understands Egyptian football? Because he's adamant that this is nothing but a PR stunt. This man is taking the easy way out, and he'll be back. That, that that's insane. Um, but it's still, still, Bafana managed mm. to induce this kind of mm, reaction mm, mm, mm. um i think there will be like mass depression in egypt after this when you consider that they easily have the best player in africa um they have a player that's led liverpool to a champions league title mm. led liverpool to two back-to-back -back finals mm. um and and probably one of the most insane english premier league uh seasons we we had and a major contributing factor in that in mo salah he he was not just the, a footballer he made time magazine's 100 most influential people he was being flown around the world now what effect did it have um on the team chemistry in egypt do you think uh, uh having a guy like amir warda mm -hmm. who was accused of sexually harassing women not just recently where he got kicked out of the camp but apparently uh in 2017 as well he had uh, sexually harassed wives of teammates mm -hmm. and salah comes out in support of this guy, this guy gets brought back into the team. Uh, did that maybe hamper them chemistry-wise, uh, Egypt? It's funny because in the aftermath of um, that game, yeah, they've brought all of that stuff back. Because I'm reading all of these stories, mm, mm, uh, mm. Warda is, is back in the news again. They are accusing Salah of um, not taking. Uh, the accusations that uh, the man is facing seriously mm. uh, because he led the the, the 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 calls for him to be reinstated back he in did, the team yeah. and now because of that they've brought all of that back and um, i think no one is spared there including him because now they're trying to make sense of what just happened mm. so 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 you do you do get that but i also think um it, it wouldn't just be just about that right i i i 
I from 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 where I'm sitting, my my suspicion here is, you've got seventy five thousand people inside mm. the stadium. The pressure on these guys is ridiculous. Yeah, they they are expected because if you remember, don't forget this team wins all three group matches. They have nine points, mm. but look at what happens. Um, the Egyptian press, they are still not happy with the way the team is playing. They're questioning um, 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 Aguera's uh, tactics. They are arguing that he's too defensive. He doesn't play the type of football that they want to see. Yeah. And yet they've won all of their matches in the group stages. I think they had a clean sweep where yeah. they didn't even consider goal. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so now... So they still manage to put their team under that kind of pressure mm-hmm. um, where they are trying to find fault with every win. They're finding something to talk about that's negative about the coach and about the team itself. So once you put these guys under that type of a pressure and they are playing at home, it's, it's almost as if you are, you're hoping they'll prove you right and stumble. Mm-hmm. And that's the sort of pressure that they put on them. Um, and then it comes to this, because now it's actually happened. Yeah, and, yeah. And now they are they are out of the tournament, and and then they get to say everything that they've wanted to say. I I, I think we also had something similar. If you remember, twenty thirteen when we hosted Afcon. Right. Um, I think we played against Mali in Durban. Um, um, in the last, no, it was a quarterfinal. Quarterfinal, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. yes, and even then. The pressure there was to emulate the class of 96, which was also here on home soil. Mm. So that pressure was, well, everybody was saying, yeah, finally uh, we can exercise the, 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 the ghost and, mm. and, and that monkey of, of, of our bags because we still keep on referring to 96. Right. And that was an opportunity because it was at home. So the pressure as the days came um, towards this game, you could see it was building. Mm. And then eventually, we fell apart. We collapsed. Yeah, yeah, because of the insane pressure. Moses Mabida is pegged to the rafters, mm-hmm. and we stumbled. And my suspicion here is that the Egyptians as well, they put so much pressure on their team. Mm. They put so much expectation that they, they, they really expected them to play the best football there, right. is, uh, there is out there mm. and to, to win convincing, uh, convincingly and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. with style. And when you put that type of pressure, and also you've got a Salah who's expected to of course, perform yeah. uh, miracles. This <laughs> yeah. is a guy. Yeah, they they come with that attitude. That I mean, surely it's 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 written in the stars. It's yeah. supposed to happen. So you can't have a situation where they can even think about um, a, a Bafana team that's scraped into the next round playing against them. And you get to a point where now they've been knocked out by them. So, I mean, I think it's a whole... But by the way, by the way, Clex, I think it's very important mm. that we also don't take anything away from Bafana. That's what I was uh, going to get yeah, into. Yeah. Is let's talk about how different Bafana were yeah. against Egypt than they've been, I, I, I could possibly say, under in Baxter's entire tenure. Yeah. That has to be... In, in to Baxter's credit, because we give it to him when when yeah. when he's gotten wrong, and he got it terribly wrong mm. in in some of the matches in the group stages, horribly wrong against Morocco, mm. um, which almost cost us a place in the knockouts. Uh, you could say that the Ivorians were up for the taking in that first game. Mm. Uh, if we played our natural running game mm. uh, with lots of pace and lots of passing, mm. we could have. M- probably gotten a result against the Ivory Coast. We tailed off in the second half. We were trying to hold on to a draw, made an error, which 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 led to the goal uh, that, that gave them the victory. And But in this game, 
so different. We held on to the ball. We didn't hoof it up front uh, high and hoping, hoping Motiba will, 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 will work miracles on his own up there. We had ball-playing midfielders, mm-hmm. your um, uh, Kamohelo Mukojo as well as Bongani Zungu, uh, and then Furman cleaning up at the back. And then you had the a twin pace from, of, of um, at Temingosi Lodge as well as Percy Tao. Not just having Tao by himself, mm. having to provide the motor to the team. So all of that worked to South Africa's advantage in that there was an attacking game plan. How did you read Bafana, Bafana's approach in this game mm. particularly? Well, he did say, Baxter did say, I think, on the, on the eve of the game, after we... We, we qualified yeah. for, for the last 16. He did say that he would change tactics. Yeah. And I remember when um, when, um, when, I, when I tweeted that, um, that story, the reaction from, from people, um, it's quite, quite, quite funny because they were like, ah, please, uh, what tactics? Um, what is he talking about? What is it that he claims he, he will change for this game against Egypt? Yeah. And he did say that they would come out of their shell. They would open up a little bit. They would try and keep their structure. But he was quite adamant that one thing that they would do um, was not just sit back and invite Egypt to come at them. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, um, uh, his, his, his basic tactics were quite straightforward. He said the plan was to cut supply from Salah as well as from Trezeguet. Trezeguet, yeah. And it's exactly what they did. They cut the supply to them and then after that they had Zungu there in midfield working his socks off. I think this is probably one of his best games that I've seen him in a Bafana shirt. I'd say so. Yeah, I'd so, say so he was absolutely brilliant and, and Motiba um, who is uh, who's vilified uh, <laughs> people 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 find fault from the way he's, he, he wears his pants and ah, whatnot that, that shirt things. no 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 we have to speak to that man about that tucking shirt like he looks like a, a, a nokiri <laughs> that man that man worked, he worked his socks off that man and he worked his socks off. Yeah. Look at look at uh, the goal. The goal. Uh, Motiba's involvement from from the build up. The unselfishness. It comes from a throw in. Yeah. It comes back to him. He brings it back in, and then he plays himself down the channel. I mean, it's quite it's quite amazing. We, you, everybody did their job. I think in that in that in that game. I think there's no one um, you can fault and say they didn't actually perform. Everybody yeah. performed their role, and they did exactly what what they were required to do. And and if you if if you have a performance like that one, um, and then I mean what 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 more do you want? And then and then to cap it off with um, the lodge goal. Um, so I I think I think for me, um, weirdly enough though, mm. I mean this for me, um, I don't even think this was Stuart Baxter's best game in charge. Um, I still think his best game was was uh, the Tunil win in Nigeria, mm. um, because. Mm. That was that was for me one of the better performances that we we've had away from home in a hostile yeah. environment. Had, had, uh, had we never won in Nigeria? No, we'd never. Yeah, uh, okay. we would never. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. and 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 by the way, we'd never even beaten them in an actual official match before then. Right. So we'd only f- beaten them in that one just friendly. friendly. Yeah, and all of these uh, things. Yeah. Never in an official fixture. And incidentally, that was a game where Percy came in and and, yeah. and finished, exactly. ran it off against the keeper. Exactly. Yeah. The performance in that game for me must rate as one of the best under Stuart Baxter because there 
if you thought we weren't given much of a hope against Egyptians in that game, we we were totally, <laughs> especially the the, the, the the Nigerians, their yeah. media and their fans, they were so adamant. And, and when they're launching a new stadium as well. We went and silenced them there in the midst of <laughs> all of that. And yeah. it was it was for me one of the well, one of the best performances in a, so this is why when I saw that okay, we're up against them again. Uh, and also don't forget, we we went through the group stages unbeaten. Mm. They couldn't beat us in the group stage in the in the in the, in the qualifier, qualifiers. Yeah, yes. in the qualifiers. Uh, but obviously, I mean, I, I, history. I, I never look back at okay. history. I always prefer to um, to go to your your to best go on game. On tournament yeah, yeah, yeah. Because quite frankly, I mean, you don't want to uh, labor the point that this is what happened yeah, uh, before. Yeah, I yeah. think for me, the 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 it's how Baxter again approaches this one, um, and it's it's a sort of tactic and that 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 he actually employs, um, um, and also, I mean, the suspended Zwane now returns. Um, mm. So it'll be interesting mm. to see what mm. does he do with okay. Lodge, yeah. um, and all sorts of things. Because you remember, Lodge played because it was a, a mm. forced change. Mm. So I would quite, I would quite but now, see. Uh, dominoes well, are fallen. Like, uh, uh, by the time this comes out, uh, Bafana will be preparing for that quarterfinal clash against Nigeria. How do you see this one panning out? You know, uh, Stuart, Stuart Baxter is. Um, He's an enigma. He's, yeah. a, he's a he's a he's a very fascinating man. Yeah. Um, his whole thought process. Um, remember, remember when he was at Kaiser Chiefs, he Majoro eventually left the team because mm. he preferred Ngata. Um, oh, up, up front, and, and people the fans, were yeah, having a right go. Probably angry. the most abused. Yeah, and him he, and Gabuza have to be the top yeah. two most abused South African footballers of and all time. He had a go with the Chiefs fans, um, and uh, and it was it was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. But he stuck to his um, to his uh, idea and his plan, and he persisted with that man despite all of the all of the abuse that he got from from the fans. I mean, they they were even booing him mm, at some stage. Mm, mm, mm. So, so and he said, "Stop booing Gata." Sorry, yeah. uh, I said Gata is one of the South African, one of the top two most abused PSL yeah, players yes. of all time. I will say. So, so, so um, one thing one thing I know, I, I I've seen some fans on social media saying. Mm. They pressured uh, Baxter into playing Lodge. It was, and it boiled down to them putting him under under pressure. And I would like to disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Stuart Baxter is his own man. Yeah, if, right. if you if if somebody thinks Stuart Baxter sits on his on his tablet at home or on his laptop <laughs> and, and checks WhatsApp on Twitter yeah. and then then okay, let me let me play this guy. They want him no ways. No chance. There is no chance. That man will make his own decisions. He will do his own thing, and yeah. it's pretty much boils down to him how yeah. and who he wants to employ in a game like this one. Um, so you reckon he'll stick with the same midfield and the only thing that will make him think twice is that Lorch had a match-winning performance and yeah, Zwane's I, th- I think I think he, he will have to acknowledge that mm. and then he'll, he'll have to see how he accommodates him mm. uh, and what he does um, going going into that game. Mm. So I don't think there's, there's anybody who can pressure him into selecting any player that he doesn't want to play mm. or any player that he doesn't envisage a role for. It, it's, it's purely going to be how and and uh, and who he elects to send out there, and you you, you take a look at um, at uh, the 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 whole structure of of um, of a team like ours now. Mm. There will be 
a little bit of expectation mm. on our part, and this is the part now. Yeah, this is where trouble. Yeah, ish, you see, this this is uh, this is where the problem is. You, you know, yeah. you know, it's for me, it's cool when we all just sit and watch, and we have no expectations, and then they surprise us. And then now you understand what oh. then happens in this game, and there's so much at stake with with oh. the Nigerians. We have a history. Oh, football Twitter is yeah. gonna have a meltdown. And we have a history <laughs> with them. Both the women's and the men's yeah. uh, national teams, and at, at at different levels of age group levels, we have a history with them that goes yeah. back several years. So you can just imagine now what happens now when you face them in a game like this one, and you've got a place in the semi-finals at stake. And I mean, you can't. This is a massive game, and and uh, at the, I think again, it's it's entirely up to him. You know, Baxter, I keep saying it, he'll surprise you. Remember what he did in the group stages? He had uh, Ronwin Williams, and Williams played a blind. Oh. Then the next game, he's got God. Kit. <laughs> and then people are like, eh, wait a minute, what just happened? And you're expecting and then, Bruce Fumai the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so Then Ronald Williams comes <laughs> back. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying I, 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 I don't even want to speculate <laughs> about what that man is going to yeah, do because yeah. he will surprise you. He, he's never been one to follow convention yeah. uh, or follow what people are saying. Um, 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 he's his own man, and to the frustration of a lot of the fans. I mean, go on social media. There's people saying Baxter <laughs> out right now. What? They started a trend. <laughs> they want him gone. They don't care uh, what happened at Cairo State. What? They're like. So I see some of these guys are saying that result yeah. happened in spite of him, <laughs> <laughs> not, not because of not him. because of him. That's the logic out there. Uh, so crazy. so so you can you can imagine in a game like this one. So that's why I'm saying you know South Africans we are yeah, we are special. We bunch, we I, I I I just don't know. You know sometimes you just marvel at yeah. at how we, we we get married to our views like hey this man must go back to Chiefs. We want <laughs> another coach there at national team level. We don't want him. So I I I I I think I think for me yeah. um, um, I can't hype this game enough. It's massive, yeah. Yeah. and and the fact that and Nigeria have got a score to settle with us because oh, we beat them there it dials and then we threw here mm. and and also we have a history mm. um dating back many years and I'm sure they they have they, they have they have a point to prove yeah they have some questions that they need answers to now thanks before I let you go um and wrap up our conversation we have something we like to call the upset and playmaker of the week mm. um I'll give you options for our upset of the week Bafana beating Egypt 1-0 Benin knocking out Morocco on penalties at the Africa Cup of Nations. Madagascar's unbelievable Africa Cup of Nations run, beating the DRC in the penalties to make the quarters. And switching a little to Wimbledon, 15-year-old Coco Gauff knocking out Venus Williams. Which of those options would you say was the upset of the week? Um, I tell you what, um, I will still give it to Bafana. Okay. Um, because... Um, I mean, they were called Mabena Mabena. Um, no one, no one gave them a hope. Uh, and, not a hope. And for me, how? for me, um, I think it has to be regarded as that. It's the shock of the tournament yeah. so far. I, I, I acknowledge what the Madagascar's of this world have, have done, done yeah. and so on and so on. But I think it has to be the upset of the tournament. But I'd also like to acknowledge Coco because I think for me, we are witnessing 
um, uh, changing of guard is happening right before us. Because oh. um, now she's... she's uh, it hurts. Yeah, it she's, hurts. She's Embarrassing she's, Venus like that. Uh, yeah, no, but no, I still no, think no, Venus should have left long time ago. Yeah, no, thanks. They're 15 um, year old. No, yeah, but no. these things happen. How no. many times have we seen this? In tennis, it happens all the time. You get some <laughs> snooty 15 year old coming in and, and shocking you. Uh. And this is what they do in tennis. But I think for me, she's a, she's a, she's a breath of fresh air. Wonderful. Um, and, yeah. and if she keeps this up, I think we are witnessing a baton being passed. Um, grudgingly so, I might add, uh, but <laughs> from from Serena to yes, to Coco. yes. Ah. So so, I mean, if she keeps her feet on the ground, I I I expect some great things from her because she's an amazing talent. Right. Let's go to playmaker, and the options here are Crusaders winning a tenth Super Rugby title, the USA winning back-to-back FIFA Women's World Cup trophies. And while we're there, Megan Rapinoe's golden boot performance at that World Cup with six goals and three assists to her name. And something we've not talked about uh, so far between you and I, Faf Duplessis 100 against Australia at the Cricket World Cup, albeit in mm. in, in for very little consequence. In the sense that yeah. they, they come, they've come back home. Yeah, I think for me, um, because of the occasion, uh. And because of everything that's happened outside of the pitch, which had nothing to do with what was actually taking place, uh. and the craziness, um, the distractive, uh, the distract, distraction, and 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 and, uh. and also you throw in Donald Trump in the mix. <laughs> um, so I think for me, um, I, I would give it to her. Megan Rapino. Rapino yeah. Oh, well I would, done. I would give it to her. Finally, uh, we get a be, fair decision. Because, because as far as I'm concerned, that that, that soap opera there is, is just getting started. <laughs> because now the question is, uh, will she be invited to the White House? And if she is, will she turn up? <laughs> uh, so will, will she turn up? So we are all watching. And I yeah. saw Trump uh, congratulated her oh, okay. um, and the team. Um, but Trump being Trump, this is just getting started. You'll see what actually transpires. So that's that's the one I'm getting my popcorn out for. You see <laughs> how this plays out. But I'll I'll, I'll give it to her. All right, fantastic stuff. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Mlinawa Mchana Ntoko. Catch him at Ntoko M on Twitter. Fabulous conversation that we've had, and that's how we're going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for having, uh, for coming to studio, sir. As as you know, um, I hold I hold your views and you in the highest regard. Always a pleasure. All right, thank you. Cheers. Sure. That's it from me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za, as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocket Cast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag SportsLive. Share your comments with us at TimesLive or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Mninawa Mchana Ntroko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now.